Welcome to the Forger Podcast, where I talk with cottage food entrepreneurs about their strategies for running a food business from home. I'm David Crable, and today you'll hear part two of my interview with Jill Baitke of Kaboom Chakalaka. If you haven't listened to part one yet, definitely go back to the previous episode and give that a listen first. That'll help you better understand Jill's unique products and how she grew her cottage food business over the first few years. In this episode, you're going to hear how she took her business concept and turned it into a product line that is now sold in Michael's stores across the country. It's a pretty amazing story. All right, let's jump right into part two of my interview with Jill. Okay, so let's jump into this side of your story because this is amazing. Can you describe a little bit about what happened and the, the timeline of events? Yeah, so... um and I'm still blown away by this. So sometimes I like, I can't believe myself. So sometimes when I describe it, it really is from like this place of like disbelief. So after the Dallas Morning News article came out, the VP of food crafting at Michael's, she saw the article and she reached out to me around May of 2020 is when that occurred. And so the first phone call, I was in such disbelief. We talked about just some ideas that I could do with Kaboom Chocolaka. Would it would it be something that was solely food and chocolate related or would it be something more? And the amazing thing about the Dallas Morning News article was that the the inter the person that interviewed me, she focused a lot on my molds, which was really different than any other interview I had given before. And I kind of at first I kind of thought it found it a little odd like I was like man she's really focused on the molds where I source them from how many I have you know just various questions and no other person had really asked me a lot about them so in the course of the conversation with Michaels they were just very generous as far as like we want to work with you how would you like to work with us like they actually gave me the option and I was tied up in my husband's office doing the phone call because I didn't want any distractions. And I came out of that that phone call and I just went, holy beep. <laughs> I was like, this is this could be huge for us. And my daughter didn't know what I was talking about. She, you know, like I said, she's my cheerleader. She just started jumping up and down. She could sense like I was just so excited. And I actually had to call them call the people that I was talking to at Michael's I had to call them two days back and just like two days later and I was like did I really hear you right like did you really say like I I basically can pick what I want to do with you guys and they were like yes so I knew in my heart of hearts that I wanted to create molds because of the struggle that I had trying to find molds always riggy you know I could never I could never find ones large enough that I wanted to I was always kind of rigging these cake molds to work with me and I just couldn't find any molds all on the market that were specifically for chocolate pinatas especially large ones there were some smaller ones that sort of worked but even then they were a little bit difficult to work with and so they decided that this project, they were going to do it in-house, but then they decided it would be better for one of their suppliers that they worked with on specialty projects to, for me to actually go with them. So Michael uh, introduced me to American Crafts, one of their suppliers. And so then I started working with American Crafts and 
They are just a wonderful team of people. They really listen to like all my pain points that I've had with the molds and they really created something that really resolved a lot of the issues that I was having. It's just, it's just been so phenomenal to work with American Crafts. They're, I mean, they're just awesome. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit more about the process of actually, you know, developing these products, but can we just jump ahead real quick and share it? What was the end result of this effort? Yeah. So in July of 2021, I had about 15 different products that went into the Michael store, uh, seven large chocolate pinata molds, three small chocolate pinata, mini chocolate pinata molds, and then like a course of mallet to smash them, some tools to kind of clean up your product or, or brushes that you can use with the chocolate. So other, some other chocolate tools. And so, yes, so that has been in Michael's stores since July of 2021. And that has been the result of the effort thus far. And it's opening other doors that I can't talk about at this moment, but yeah, it's just been such a wild and neat journey. Yeah, I mean, when I saw these products, they're totally legit. I mean, they're really professionally done. And uh, I mean, I actually, when I saw them, I thought, oh, these must be just like for shipping or something. But then I looked and it's like, no, these are actually in a store near me in Sacramento. Like I could go out and, and, you know, see your, your little section right now. So they're nationally distributed and they look super impressive. You can clearly tell you worked with a pretty significant team to get this all put together. Yeah. I mean, they, like I said, they, like any of the pain points that I had, they, I mean, they just, they really listened to, and they were so, I mean, wonderful. And they, yeah, just some of the things, like the heart itself, the, the mold for the heart, the way it's designed, it's like the heart stands up so nicely, but the front of it is like this, this beautiful heart. And I've just had so much fun with some of the molds and creating different things from like the the egg shape. Obviously, it's an egg shape, so everybody automatically thinks of Easter. But like I created these like characters um, for Halloween and then like a turkey for uh, Thanksgiving. And then like it could I didn't get around to it, but I wanted to create like an egg shaped snowman or Christmas tree, you know, like the egg itself has become so versatile for me that it's like, I love it. But I mean, the ball, the big sphere and the cube, those two are so versatile, like you can do anything with those. So it's just been obviously, you know, it's it's helped with my process of creating them. Like it really does feel like anybody can create them. So a lot of the the skill level that I had gained through the experience, you don't have to have those skill levels. Like the molds really help you create a chocolate pinata without having any skill. Like any any you can DIY it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I saw like a little short video of how it's done, and I would feel very confident in doing it which is a testament to the amount of time that it took to actually develop these products. So what was that process like? I mean, I can't imagine it wasn't a complex process. You know, initially it was deciding on the shapes. We obviously wanted some very general shapes so that people could, you know, use them for whatever whatever occasion. So it wasn't just birthdays and, and things like that. 
And then they've manufactured a few molds. I got to test them in-house along with other people of various skill levels just to see. And we, you know, from there provided feedback. But when I say they just all the pain points that I gave them, they really put those in place and had, you know, a lot of foresight into these molds and how to make things better. I mean, they just I just really feel like they hit the nail on the head. Like when I was like, okay, this is one of the issues I have. And this is this is the reason why I have it. And they just really took all of that feedback and just made such a wonderful product. And a lot of the things that w- the first samples that were sent to me, they had already experienced that. Like initially, we had to joke because the ball mold just would not snap together. There was just a little calibration off on in manufacturing. And I was like, OK, well, I nearly broke a, a sweat snapping this first one together. I mean, it was so difficult. At one, at one point, even my husband was helping me. And so they they had already obviously had already experienced that so they knew you know what by the time I provided that feedback they were like oh yeah that yeah we've already contacted manufacturing about like it can't be this difficult you know (laughs) where were these getting manufactured they have manufacturing sites over in China and I I will admit I did ask a lot of questions about that initially you know obviously I had concerns about if uh, the facility, you know, gets audited, that it's up to par and things like that. And they, they use a similar manufacturer, some of their manufacturers are the same manufacturers for like uh, a Target or, you know, so they they obviously were using uh, legitimate manufacturing and that I wouldn't have to worry about, you know, maybe some of the headline news type stuff that you don't want to hear about a manufacturer overseas. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I figured they must be doing China or something because the price point of these items is like a lot lower than I would have expected, actually. Yeah, I I agree. I think there was there's one product that is made in Japan, but I think the majority of them are from China. But yeah, like my very first like really large mold that seemed to work really well for a chocolate pinata not the kaboom chocolate ones but the ones that i found i found this life-size football at a local cake store and i paid i think it was over 35 dollars for it it was probably closer to 40 for one mold and actually my mom bought it for me she came she had come to visit And she saw what I was doing and she was like, well, I want to get you a mold. And I said, honestly, there's this one at the store that I have, I feel like an investment to me. So she, she actually ended up buying it for me. And then I still, you know, had to sort of rig it to make it work. And, you know, the Kaboom Chakalaka football mold is not remotely close to that. (laughs) Well, I don't know what it is across the country, but it was $15 in my area. Yeah, so that and that's the way I Michael's is also in Canada, so I'm not sure of the Canadian prices, but yes, across the country it is fifteen dollars. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean all the large molds are fifteen dollars. That's seems like a pretty reasonable price. The mallet's like only five dollars. So did they come up with all the prices? They did. They bounced them off of me, you know, just to see if I was okay with it. But it you know, it was one of those things like this is obviously this whole process is very new to me. So I can only could only really tell them what I could compare the prices that I paid for some of the other molds. 
and things like that. So obviously they have a marketing team and they know their manufacturing costs and, and they've worked with Michael's obviously a, a bunch of times. So they kind of taken all those analytics into consideration, came up with the price. I was actually really surprised that, you know, they came out or you came out with like 15 products up front. You know, you created them all at once because this is definitely a risky business proposition, right? Like there is no proof of concept. Um, like, did they test the waters at all? I mean, how did they know or believe that these would sell? Because I assume there wasn't anything like it in their stores before. You know, it's it really is the foresight of, you know, the VP of crafting at Michael's. Like they were definitely looking for something new and different, you know, cakes and cookies and cake pops at the time were all kind of way overdone. I think that's what how why this had resonated with them. And then during that time is when kind of like the hot cocoa bomb craze launched. So it was just Again, just I don't know if it was part just lucky timing on everything or if they, you know, really saw something here. Like I said, I mean, it gives me so much joy. I hope the people that have taken the molds and are creating new ones, it, it gives them so much joy. I, it's just a neat and different thing. So, yeah, it's. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, like my son's birthday, third birthday, you know, you you did your first one for your son's third birthday. His third birthday is coming up in the summer. And I was thinking, oh, maybe, maybe this would be a fun thing to do for his third birthday because he, he definitely loves destroying things. We, <laughs> we know that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, but anyway, I mean, it, it clearly it's a very fun concept and it sounds like the VP just like really believed in the idea. You didn't have to sell them on the idea at all. Yeah. It's in, you know, early on in the, in the podcast here, when I was talking about the name, I really feel like also the name helped me because it's a kaboom chakalaka, you know, it's a catchy name and people tend to remember it. They don't always know how to spell it. And, you know, but I think that helped a lot too, that it brings a new spin and everything that was going on at the time, you know, people were doing a lot of more projects at home and getting, you know, we went through the baking your own bread craze and a lot of people, you know, were still at home and still wanted to do new things. So just food crafting in general has become such a neat area for a lot of people that are, you know, now at home and trying different things. It's just just has been like just the perfect timing. Sometimes I just feel like I'm just extremely lucky because <laughs> like at, at one time, like I won a car. So like I've always had like this lucky part of me, but then there are, I obviously work hard too. And my husband has been a very good support system. He was just like, no, you worked really hard for this, you know? So he, he reminds me, you know, that, yeah, we, we put in a lot of hard work for this and it seems like if I just continue to go back to my mission about just trying to bring a little bit of joy in a very hard, hard world. I mean, life is life is hard and we all have different tools and resources and to work with. And so if I could just bring just a little bit of joy to some people here and there, that's, you know, that just really sets the tone for the other things that I've done or that I'm hoping to do in the future. 
Yeah, you know, I was thinking about there had been some key turning points. I mean, some people would call them lucky, but like, I mean, you said it was very uncharacteristic for you to leave your job. I was thinking, you know, if you hadn't left your job, then you wouldn't have this business today, right? And then also you just happened to stumble upon this YouTube video of someone making a candy pinata, which if you had never seen that YouTube video or if you hadn't been on YouTube that day or whatever, right? It's just interesting how these like little turning points have led you to where you're meant to be, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like it's it's been divinely inspired. I mean, honestly, it's just it's putting a lot of faith into, you know, that this will work. I mean, my mom said one time, she said, because, you know, there's obviously as any business owner, I mean, throughout any given day, you have these highs and you have these lows. And I mean, you're just up and down all day. And at one low point, I called her and she said, you know what, if you do, are doing things for the right reasons, you know, God will provide, you know, because I was, if we were, obviously we were struggling and she was like, I feel that, you know, initially you stepped away from your job to take care of your kids. You know, those were our good reasons, you know, those are very good reasons. So it was just kind of like, I mean, throughout all this journey is always try not to get too wrapped up in things and just go back to, okay, am I doing this for the right reasons, you know, and different things along the journey have made a difference. You know, for me, it, it probably took me six months to decide on the name, but now I'm really glad that I came up with a catchy name. I'm glad I took that time. It was at the time, it was a huge investment for me to join the Chamber of Commerce. That was a turning point for me. That's where I met the writer uh, that writes for the Dallas Morning News. And that article obviously was a launching pad. So it was like certain key steps along the way. You know, now I can look back and say, wow, that step was huge. You know, at the time, it didn't seem that huge. Deciding on another name, I was like, yeah, I finally have a name, you know, but I, it was catchy enough to be a launching pad. And, you know, I really didn't know, well, joining a chamber of commerce, yeah, that could help. But I'm glad I oriented the business to be more of a business and not and tried to, I think it, it was important to me to separate myself from other home bakers, you know, that I wasn't just trying to do this as a side hustle that I really was trying to make this something more. And I didn't I didn't always know that, but really approaching it, you know, to try to get other business people interested in my business. And obviously a lot of my customers are mommies, but a lot of people that I've met through through the process of it are biz you know, they're also business owners and it really works well. It's a very good community, you know. I'm just curious, did you go to the effort and expense to trademark your name? Yes. Because I was just thinking, like, it's just interesting to me that Michaels came to you and, you know, they didn't just, like, see what you were doing and say, oh, we'll build a Michaels brand around it and create our own molds. Because it sounds like they did quite a lot of the work, right? Like, why do you think they were willing to, you know, let you use your own branding on these products? I actually only had a few discussions with Michaels and then was working with American Crafty. So I never got into too much of that part of it. I, my sense on it is that, you know, I was one of the few people in the U.S. that were at the time that were creating anything like these. So, you know, I suppose at the time maybe came across as more of an expert than <laughs> than a lot of other people because there was no one else creating it. 
And like I said, I really feel like the name was catchy. Like they they could see that they could build a brand around the name. And that was when the, I started working with American Crafts. They rebranded the logo and stuff like that. And one of the things that I had told them is that I wanted to have the look of it be a little bit different than some of the other dessert shops or dessert labels and brands that are out there. So a lot of brands use, and I have I have no problem with this. I'm not saying this is this is good or bad. I, I actually really like a lot of these colors and would have you and initially used a lot of the colors myself, but they use, you know, like the light pinks maybe a light teal or seafoam green or something like that. And I feel a lot of brands kind of use those colors, a lot of dessert brands. So I kind of wanted to be just slightly different in the coloring of my label. And so we kind of decided more on a like a fiesta type theme. So there's a lot more like brighter colors in it. But that was that was, you know, me working with American Crafts, you know, at the time I had a very basic logo. So American Crafts has definitely beefed up the brand. (laughs) Was there any investment, like any monetary investment on your part? Or did they like assume all the risk in this process? Yes, it's it's uh, a licensing agreement, so they assumed all the risk. So, you know, like I said, the only thing I had to really do is make sure I got the name trademark, which I had intended to do anyway. And, I, and right after my very first Michael's call, I reached out to a lawyer to try to get that process started and then had to redo it since we re- had a different, you know, look to the logo. So we had to redo that part of it too. Um, so I've actually been through two trademarks on it. <laughs> what did it actually take in terms of either time or effort or money to actually get that trademarked? Uh, front is not a lot of time. Since I hired a lawyer, I just had to give them, you know, a few basic information. Some people do the trademarks by themselves. And it's probably something I probably could have done by myself. But because I had already had a conversation with Michaels, I knew I didn't want anything to go wrong. Like I knew if I was going to do this, I wanted to be it to be done right the first time. And so I decided to go through a lawyer. I think initially it was around $1,100. So the patent and trademark office, it generally takes about six to nine months. You know, initially there's the paperwork to file, but then after that, it's a lot of just sit back and wait and see if they have any questions and making sure everything gets filed correctly. So that is what initially it it took to do all that. Yeah, I know it takes quite a long time to get things trademarked. So did you have to give any up any control or part of your business to, you know, let Michaels or American Crafts take on the side of your business? Like, did you have to give up, I don't know, percentage of the company or like some kind of control? No, not at all. Initially, I wasn't sure if I was going to keep the customer side of it, like creating pinatas. I didn't know if I would still have time to create pinatas and also promote and market these products. But for the most part, I have been able to. Obviously, sometimes my social media does wane a little bit because I might be wrapped up in 
things with the molds more so and not so much with customers. But yeah, I mean, they like I said, it's just been a wonderful opportunity and American Crafts has been just phenomenal. But, you know, some of those questions I asked up front, like some of the things about the branding redesign, you know, is like now are you going to be owning this logo or this brand and stuff like that? And no, it wasn't. They pretty much said that, yeah, after they rebranded, I'm pretty much welcome to do with whatever with the brand. You know, obviously I wouldn't go off the rails with it or anything like that. But yeah, it's, it really was just really taking my feedback and, you know, working together to design these molds and testing them out and now creating a bunch of pinatas with them. So I get the, I get the fun part. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds great. I mean, you're definitely, you know, just providing the ideas and advisorship, but uh, I assume that you know, they own the product, right? So like if they were ever to decide to pull the product from their store shelves, you wouldn't be able to take those products and market them on your own, right? Not as far as I know. I'll have to go back and look. But yeah, they basically, I mean, they do own the design of them and things like that. So my contract with them is for a couple of years. So I wouldn't be able to do anything in the immediate timeframe with that. So I guess after, you know, after the contract ends, then we'll see um, what that leads to. But yeah, for the most part, they, you know, like you said, they've, they've taken on the risk of it and things like that. So I, um, Oh yeah. It seems very, like a very fair trade-off for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so do you just, do you actually get like a commission on sales or do you get just like a, a steady compensation for your involvement with the project regardless of sales? It is a licensing agreement, so I, I'll get royalty um, payments from it. And what do you have to do in return? You know, I mean, obviously you're advising on molds or whatever, but is there anything else that you have to do on a consistent basis in exchange as part of this agreement? Yeah, not anything I have to do. I mean, obviously I want to promote them and market them and show other people, give them different designs and maybe inspiration from that. You know, those are all things that I want to do because it, it, you know, again, boils back to like, people enjoy making these and hopefully my mold my molds make it easier for them to make it then you know that's that's what's worth it to me so yes I do realize I need to post more on social media and really show people you know how to use them and things like that but yeah it's there's not not really anything I have to do I'm actually I usually feel like I'm the one that's reaching out to them and like what else can I do what if, you know like how else can I market this yeah wait you know like what else can I say what up you know things like that so yeah it's kind of funny how yeah I feel like I I try to take on more than probably I have time for <laughs> I did see that you've done some classes for them Yes. So that was a great opportunity. And that, that's actually led to a couple of other people reach out to me and ask me to do some classes for them, which I haven't done at this point. But yeah, that was those were a lot of fun. They were, you know, because of COVID, they were all over Zoom. So none of them were in person. The last class, I was showing people how to create a family size hot cocoa bomb. So using the ball mold, the Kaboom Chakalaka ball mold that has like an eight inch diameter. 
I uh, was showing people how to do that. And that, I think the at the last check, had like close to 800 people registered for it. Obviously, not everybody shows up the day of because they can register for it and then view the video at a later time. I think my first class, my very first class with them also had a few hundred people registered. And I think at one point there were like 200 people viewing it during the class. And then a lot of people viewed it afterwards since they go on YouTube, the Michael's classes go on YouTube. So there's, there's clearly still a ton of interest in how to create these and various ways to use them. I also saw that you had um, like a $500 giveaway contest. Is that like your giveaway or is that something that was spearheaded by Michael's? Yeah, that was through American Crafts. They did a the contest there, yeah. So that was that was fun. A little bit something a little bit different. And so far, like a lot of my contests have just been like local, you know, like I have a pinata to give away or something like that. But that was obviously a bigger one to do through them. So you obviously went through this big process of designing the products and had the the VP at Michaels and eventually American Crafts just like fully invested in this concept. But what was it like when it actually hit the store shelves? Like, what was it like when you walked into the store the first day? So that was what was kind of funny. So text, so Michael's is headquartered in Texas and the Michael's stores that are in Texas were one of the last ones to get their display set up. And I, every store is different. So initially, like they went online on July 23rd and some stores had on July 23rd had their displays up already and so for like a couple weeks we kept going to Michael's and like okay they don't have the display up yet but the very first time I saw it it was just it was just so surreal I mean it was just unbelievable I swear every time I walk into Michael's and I go uh, like if I whether I'm there to check on my displays or like to buy product, I always go by and I'm just like, just can't believe that I have products in Michael's. Like, it's just, <laughs> I just feel like I'm still dreaming. I mean, like I fight imposter syndrome and thinking like, I don't deserve this. But yeah, it's just still unbelievable for me. But yeah, it was just so cool. Like so many friends and p- other people, like other followers on either Instagram or Facebook, like, you know, they're from all over the U.S., And they would go to Michael's and purposely like take a picture of themselves, like take a selfie in front of my display. And that was just so like, just so special. It was just so cool. Just the amount of support that people came out. I mean, it really is such a good community um, just with everybody wanting to learn and do chocolate pinatas. I mean, the amount of questions and comments that I receive a day. And I love that when people tag me in their creations, like using the mold. And I love it when people reach out and have questions. And I really do try to make myself available through all the channels. So when people call or email or DM or however they contact me, it's usually me responding. Like you're not getting anybody else. It is me with the lessons I've learned. If you have a question and my tips and advice. So doesn't mean I know everything. I just know, you know, whatever I do know, I, I love sharing it with people. So I was gonna say, I mean, you've got a brand nationally distributed <laughs> in stores. 
Uh, how do you even have the time to run your cake business? Because I know you're still making these smash cakes, right? <laughs> it's it's a challenge. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like right now, because I decided to redo my office. And the, like, I'm so glad this is a podcast and not a Zoom call. <laughs> because behind me is like a, a ton of different molds that I want to categorize and so I had them organized. I have this big, huge cabinet that I organize them in. And I had them organized by holiday or like, you know, all the animals went in one section, all the occupations went in another section. And I've got to the point that I have so many that I now have to catalog them so I can make them a little bit more easier to ser- at least search for. Um, things get a little crazy, you know, I, sometimes I can't always respond right away. I do try. It's a lot of juggling on time. So like if I'm waiting in any sort of line, I'm usually online trying to answer questions. (laughs) So it's, yeah, it's definitely a struggle of, of time, you know, and that's, that's part of the reason why at times I I've stepped away from marketing my own pinatas you know, just to promote like the molds. And there's a couple of Facebook groups that are solely for breakables and chocolate pinatas. And I spend a significant time on those groups answering questions because I do want to be a resource for the community. So yeah, so then if that's taking more time, then, you know, I do a lot less local advertising. And that's, you know, maybe right now these days, that's probably why the majority of my customers are repeat customers. But yeah, I haven't gotten a significant amount of new customers in the area because I had to kind of step back locally. But my customers that I do have are so great and they are always referring me. So I always seem to have plenty to do. (laughs) They don't need to hire you anymore. They can just go out to Michael's and make their own, right? Yeah. So, but you know, like I said, I cater to all customers aren't. Yeah, they're (laughs) not. They're not the DIY type. My mom was worried about that. And I, I told her not to be worried because the people that are my customers, they're not the DIY type. So I don't feel like I've lost customers because of the Michaels thing. If anything else, if, you know, like I said, people have just been tremendously supportive and it's just been great. <laughs> what would you say is uh, your favorite thing about having this business? I love seeing the videos when people smash it. I love their expression. I love the excitement. I love the the hoot and hollers. Just the joy that people get from smashing it is so cool. Like for example, a mom got a cupcake for her daughter and they were, it was a single mom and they were going through a little bit of a hard time and her daughter was, you know, kind of pretty quiet had kind of you know they were whatever they were going through they were you know they were just dealing with things I guess and so my mom the mom got a cupcake pinata for her daughter and it it was just the daughter in the video but it was just the mom and daughter at home smashing smashing it but when the daughter smashed it she doesn't you know like there's not a lot of verbal yelling that's going on but her face the expressions in her face are so it's just so neat to see because she hits the thing and it doesn't quite open just yet. So, you know, she's like, what is, you know, kind of what's going on. And then like her throughout the process, her eyes are getting wider and wider, you know, and then when all the candy spills out, you could just tell like 
it didn't have to be like this big production of things. I don't know that just her facial expressions were just so neat to watch through the process. And that's what I, I love about getting it. I always tell my customers, if you have a video to share with me, just send it, you know, because I love seeing, you know, the comments that are being made in it's just the excitement and keep in the candy. Like if it's kids, man, is there like a candy grab afterwards? I mean, it is worse than playing. Like, I don't know if you ever played that card game spoons and sometimes you would end up with scratches on your hands. I mean, it is like that can be like that ferocious at times. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's like all those things, like just seeing that and just, I don't know. Yeah. And like I said, I think it just all boils down to like the joy, the excitement, just the, the experience of it. Well, I mean, it is amazing to see. I mean, it hasn't been that long since you started this business. It was just in 2018 that you started it. And in a pretty short period of time, you've taken something that's not only brought a lot of joy to your local area, but now with this whole Michael's uh, product line is bringing that to you know the entire country. Like, I know you weren't the first person to come up with this concept, but I think we could pretty legitimately say that you've helped put this idea on the map. So it's probably a little surreal for, you know, you to hear that, but I think that's definitely very true. So it's it's really cool to see what you've done, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where you're going in the future. Do you have any plans for the future or, like... You just got to keep on going with the the products and uh, trying to make cakes when you have enough time to. Yeah. So I've had a couple of opportunities here recently that have come my way that are just in the works. So I really can't talk to them and I don't know if they'll, you know, come to fruition. Um, So that's been kind of neat. Before the Michaels thing, I totally had plans to move from a cottage business to a commercial business and took a a different course through that. So that's always still kind of in the back of my mind to expand the business that way. I would love, absolutely love to create new molds, uh, grow the line because initially when we did like our first pass at this, we actually had several more that we would have loved to do, you know, but, you know, working with Michael's, they wanted a certain amount and things like that. So, and we wanted to obviously give them options that they would be comfortable with and just work, you know, work from there. So yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, right now I do feel like I will be continuing on I mean, initially when I started this, I definitely thought like by now I would be back in the corporate world. And so this journey has definitely taken quite a few twists and turns, nearly all for the good. I mean, it's, you know, I still have pains of every, you know, just like every business owner. So it's not all, you know, wine and roses and and balloons over here. Like it's, (laughs) we, you know, there's still a lot of things that I have to, you know, deal with as a business owner that all the other business owners have to deal with as well too. So yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot that I feel like there's definitely, you know, a lot of legs left in this business, but, you know, I feel like it, it just has a lot of potential. And I would love to continue on with it. I just feel like there's there's still like a lot of things that can be done with it. Well, it's quite incredible to see where it's come in a very short time. And I look forward to seeing where it'll go in the next few years. Um, so, Jill, if people want to learn more about you, um, you know, where can people find you online or how can they reach out? 
Yeah. So I have Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Pinterest, and probably even Twitter. But although I think my Instagram feeds my Twitter, but they're all of those are under Kaboom Chakalaka. And some of them are more developed than others. Obviously, Instagram and Facebook are pretty developed. I just only recently got on TikTok and had like my, I guess, first viral video. So that's been kind of cool. And I'm still developing Pinterest. But like I said, all of those accounts are all under Kaboom Chakalaka. And then for my customer business, I have my website, which is www.kaboomchakalaka.com. There's a form there that you can reach me that way too. Yeah, I think that covers all the ways you can reach me. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on, Jill, and sharing with us today. Yes, thank you so much. (laughs) That wraps up part two of my interview with Jill, and I think you'll agree that her business has taken her places that she never dreamed of. It will be fun to see where it takes her next. For more information about this episode, go to forger.com slash podcast slash 54. And if you enjoyed this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. A review is the best way to support this show and will help others find it as well. And finally, if you're thinking about selling your own homemade food, check out my free mini course where I walk you through the steps you need to take to get a cottage food business off the ground. To get the course, go to cottagefoodcourse.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.